You're listening to the San Diego Screenwriter Studio. Gail Stewart here, your producer and co-host, with Raul Sandlin and Dr. Stacy Hankinson. We are talking about what you watching, Raul Sandlin. Well, yeah, I've been talking the last few episodes about uh, this uh, new series I'm creating about it's a murder mystery and a comedy kind of yeah. a odd combination. And I've been looking for inspiration, and I think I found one. It stars Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez, and I'll talk more about it. Ooh, great. Dr. Hankinson is hanging on to the smash hit Good Girls, and you've got some good gossip about that. We want to hear all about it. And have you heard of the new Korean hit on Netflix? It's taking the world by storm. Right? It's The Extraordinary Attorney Woo, and I have been binge-watching it. Coming up, so all the details. Stay tuned, and we will be right back. Gail Stewart here. You're listening to the San Diego Screenwriter Studio. So we decided to add a new segment, and that is called What You Watchin'. And Dr. Hankinson, what's on your TV screen? I, I know it's not brand new. Um, it started in 2018, Good Girls, but it circulates a lot on Netflix. And I, I think it ties in with a lot of popular shows right now. For example, Ozarks. Um, people have made comparison with that because it, it, they both deal with money laundering. And I want to say that I think Ozarks wouldn't have quite uh, maybe reached the pitch had had good girls not laid the, the foundation for that interest. Um, but but that's sort of what the, the, move, the show is about. Um, Why do you like it? I, I like the idea of these three women in suburbia that are entangled in something just that spirals out of control for them. They're in and, so over their head. And so over their head. <laughs> and every time they think they're through it, um, the, the guy, they never the quite. The protagonist. Yeah, they don't give him a name. They call him like, like, um, hood guy and, yeah. you know, names like that. Um, comes back, pulls them back in. Um, and what I, I've noticed one thing that um, stylistically that I, I think is really interesting about the way the way it's done. So it deals with three different women. Two of them are sisters. Um, the one other, is one is African American, black African American. Yep. Mm-hmm. They and their childhood friends, and they every time something changes, there's a turn in the plot. It goes through each of the three of their lives. And kind of shows the same thing happening, and I, I, I think it's interesting that that's worked um, as well as it has. So, for example, if they're trying to show that all of a sudden um, their money is all depleting, it shows it three times. It shows it in all of their lives, and they always seem to parallel. Like they're all kind of experiencing the same thing, um, and then it, you know they repeat it through. Um, Maybe it's you know, like a Annie, motif, right? A, a motif. Could it be a motif that's kind of a reappearing throughout the show? Right? I, I I think it's bigger than that. A motif is something I think that's, you know, dropped in and um, is a symbol. But this is actually dealing with the whole structure of the way it's done. So, mm-hmm. um, so you know, the three the three sisters, it'll show... There are two sisters, one... I mean, yeah, I'm sorry. The two sisters and the, and the friend... It, it just shows the same thing in different ways. So it'll sure. show the m- laundering money. It'll show um, Christina Hendricks doing that. And then it'll show May kind of trying to do that at work where she works at a, at a grocery store. Well, what and- they're doing is they're just basically showing the audience that all three of them are really 
really in this underworld crime criminal ring deep. Well, all of them are culpable here. Yeah, and I'm not all the way through it yet, but I think one thing that would would be interesting that I would like to see is kind of a divergence. Like I don't I don't think they have to walk in lockstep in every No, I think I I've been I've been watched that. I remember that. I binged it hard. Uh and I think there is a divergence. I think the um the character uh with her husband really starts to put the brakes on the relationship with that group. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Raul. Oh, I was just going to mention, it sounds like they're sort of playing with POV point of view showing. And, you know, this is a technique that's been yes. done where you'll see one person describe an event and then they'll go and the other person describes it completely differently, you know, from their version. I was watching watching some old MASH shows and this happened. You know, uh, Hawkeye would tell his version and Frank Burns would tell his version and they'd be wildly different. But there are, you know, techniques that play on the, you know, POV and the idea that different people have different perspectives. And they feel differently about what they're doing, too, yeah. which was which is another really cool thing in in Good Girls is because what worked and was which was OK morally for one of them was not OK for the other. And sometimes they really diverged on that. Yeah. And it got canceled in um season five yeah and um apparently it really actually ironically was um a result of the strained relationship between christina Hendricks and manny Monta- montana the, the main the, antagonist yeah, yeah who actually hook up now and then in in the show but in real life it was one of the big straining factors really? of the they cancellation didn't, they didn't get yeah. along oh that's interesting yeah. that's good gossip i like that but they they pulled it off really well in the show i mean you felt that tension there so well maybe it was real tension right <laughs> and five years is a good run no you know we, we've talked about that right. five seasons five episodes if you can get your series to run five seasons that's an, that's a success absolutely absolutely it did have a good run so it Anything else about uh, Good Girls that you want to? It's worth worthy of binge. I, I really loved um, May Whitman in it, um, who plays Annie. Um, just such a uh, irreverent kind of uh, funny. She's the younger sister. The younger yeah, sister. She was cool. So I liked goofy her. I liked and her. and just um, takes everything in stride well. And um, and I, I I like too how it dealt with um, a transgender child. You know yes. her her teenage. Um, daughter who became who was transgender and became Ben in yes. the, and yes. how she she you know has to navigate that with her ex-husband and and the his new wife and But she rolled with it. Yeah, she went exactly. She went with it just didn't Beautifully. Miss a beat, Beautifully. Just, yeah, perfectly adjusted. So she yeah. was not such a good role model as a mother, right? As I recall. But when it came to being the mother of Ben, she was really, really good. I mean, I think she was a great mother. She was, she well, was supportive. She was, she was <laughs> laundering money. She was counterfeiting money, and she was not. She was no, supporting her no, family. No, girl. no, yeah. no, no. She was. I, uh, you forget. <laughs> I used to work for the district attorney's office. No, no, no. You don't do. That's not a good. I, good she thing. was being responsible. You know, she was getting the bills paid. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, we come from different worlds. <laughs> and that, that seems to be a theme in a lot of shows. You know, Breaking Bad. You know math high school teacher becomes you know the number one meth cooking drug kingpin to support his family yeah weeds about a i think a divorced mother of three who falls into the marijuana trade before it was legal right so there's a there's a few shows that deal with you know good people gone bad or Good people doing what they need to, you know, feed to their do families. to survive. That's right. Yep. Okay, coming up, Raul and I will talk about what we're binging on. So stay tuned. We will 
be right back at the San Diego Screenwriter Studio coming up on KNSJ 89.1, San Diego's only social justice network. Welcome back to the San Diego Screenwriter Studio. We are talking about binge-watching television shows. It's so popular. I think it's left over from COVID, but we can't we can't stop. It's just exploded. Yeah, I mean, with the digital age, anybody can do anything they want when they want it. And I've, I've got mixed feelings about that. I still have a traumatic experience from my youth. I remember watching Gunsmoke. And at the end of the episode, it was, you know, one of those stay tuned till next week. And I had to wait the whole week to see what happens next. Now we've eliminated that. If you want to see what happens next, you just press, you know, keep pressing Next episode, next episode, next episode. You can watch the whole five five years in a weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Times have changed. They have. So what's yours? You kind of left us hanging on the murder story. Yeah, well, like I said, I've been playing with this idea of mixing murder with comedy, if you can imagine that. I love that. Yeah, and actually it's been done a lot. I mean, in the 1970s, Macmillan and Wife, Columbo, a lot of these crime shows that were all also, if not completely funny, at least kind of charming, you know, Murder, She Wrote I in love the that. 80s. I love Murder, She Wrote. Yeah, you know, you have a murder, meaning there's somebody dead somewhere in this house. And then you have La- Angela Lansbury, the kind of aunt, grandmotherly figure who adds this sort of familiar family charm to the whole thing. And she's very good at her job. She always solves it. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. They're very efficient. So what's the latest? As I said, I've been writing one of these kind of mixtures, uh, dramedies, crime, crime, mystery comedies myself. Uh, so I've been looking for inspiration, and I think I found a good one. It's called Only Murders in the Building. I love that one. Yeah, yeah. It's really good. Don't spoil it for me because I going just to. started watching it. <laughs> and it's it, I just started uh, season one, and it's already on season two. So give, give me a weekend to catch up here. Half-hour comedy. Yeah, yeah. Um, stars um, Steve Martin, Martin Short, Selena Gomez. I, right, it's an unlikely cast, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's a quirky, campy sort of show. It's a little weird. They say weird stuff. I mean, Steve Martin's always likes to be a little weird anyway, but he'll say stuff like, you know, he'll go up to a stranger and say, I usually don't talk to people because they think I'm creepy or something. Brazo. He's Brazo. They just walked away. Yeah. Yeah. He's the, uh, oh, and that's another thing. He's an old, what is it, a TV star from 25 years ago. So there's this interesting. Washed up. Washed up. Always washed up. Um, just like your your pool shark, it's yeah. always a washed up hero that gets called back. Right. Um, so yeah, there's this weird meta narrative. So they're interested in true crime, and then lo and behold, an actual murder in uh, happens in the building, and they're sort of the the amateur sleuths that right. have to so- solve the murder. And and as always, they get they get in the way of the police detective. <laughs> <laughs> and and they and and also and this is a theme too. They also, in some weird way, do a better job than the police. Well, the they police, get they get information that the police, the police don't. Can't. Yeah, because yeah, there's an official version of the crime, and they're saying no, no, no. It really happened another way. So it's up to them to reveal the truth. 
And that happens a lot in the Ellery Queen type of these murder mysteries. The thing is that this is so funny and charming. Why? And, Why do you find it that way? Let's well, talk about that. Well, Steve Martin is always funny. Martin Short is always funny. So you have two comedians, okay? Um, so, you know, when we... And they're, the, they're playing these two single men yeah. in, in the building, right? Everything takes place in the uh, building, uh, and the building is actually an apartment building in New, New York, York, right? Yeah. It's called the Alcorn, or Al... Alcon, something. something like that, yeah, and uh, it's it's fabulous. Yeah, it's on the. I did look a, do a little research. It's on the Upper West Side. It is seventy third. So very much like John Lennon's Dakota. Yeah. you know, a lot of people living there, going in and out. Yeah, it's big. And and it also that's another thing that's so kind of charming about this is it shows that your set or your universe doesn't have to be that big. As as we see, they never leave the building or basically. Right. No. Um, it and it's. It's low budget that way too. Yeah, yeah, and you can shoot all the walls and stretch your, you know, stretch your location that way. Mm -hmm. um, so what else? Um, so again, I, I really like this. I just started on it, but it's actually been very inspiring for me because it showed me how somebody else can create a show that mixes the, the themes of murder and comedy and do it very effectively. So they have this podcast, the kind of a. Uh, it's a tool that they're using to kind of get the murder out, and it also brings them together. I don't know if you've seen that yet, but the reason they get evacuated from the building and they're listening to this podcast, each of them on their own, it's a different podcast, but they're like, oh, you like true crime? Oh, you know, and they're talking about the case, right? And then they're like, oh, my God, you know. Uh, then they have a murder in the building, and so then they go at, go at it, right? Yeah, and they still remain sort of strangers because they're just neighbors. It's right. not like their best friends and they're new yorkers right they don't want to really know their neighbors <laughs> yeah yeah so they're they're in this together kind of again the characters stuck in the lifeboat together <laughs> suddenly they have something in common but they're still you know three strangers and different things happen like you know they start uh suspecting each other because again they don't know each other they've just been thrown in the the lifeboat together sure uh, so that it allows for all these different layers of conflict and sus suspicion and tension and foreshadowing and false foreshadowing it's just a great premise and uh, one other thing I just want to say uh, I, I read something about it and it took Steve Martin 10 years to ultimately put this concept together he wrote it or no more him and Martin Short yeah or no? and, and I, I guess Steve Martin's credited as uh, the creator uh -huh. of the concept 10 years really yeah yeah he you know he went through different versions and worked everything oh out my god and I'll say yeah so when we you know complain about you know writing a script for six months or even a year he worked on it for 10 years now I'm sh I'm sure he worked on other things well, of course this was yeah. a back burner thing right yeah, yeah, yeah just kind of a little fun thing for him to do but it was simmering in his mind mm -hmm. as he worked out different details and different bugs and I'm gonna say so far you know this seems like one of those proverbial perfect shows you know where everything kind of works it, you know but, what it does I find I found it very uh, very fun I liked it it was quirky um, because you have these two stodgy old men. One one is the washed out, washed up Brazo, right? Uh, 
TV star. The other one is the stage director who, you know, he, Martin Short, he's just like this flamboyant guy straight out of New York casting. And uh, he just, you know, I don't know if he ever did a really, really good show, but, <laughs> you know, he's, he, that's his legacy. And then you have Celine Gomez and she just shows up and she's living in her aunt's apartment, mm-hmm. you know, so, and you don't really know the story behind that at all. So there's a lot of unanswered questions about everybody put together. But it is a good show, and it's funny, uh, and I watched it. You know, I watched the first season, so, and I believe there's going to be a second season. Yeah, there's a second season. I'm still catching up to you. You know, I'm about halfway done with season one. Yeah, so that's good news. So there you go. That's one that we want to binge watch, too, if you want a good murder mystery and get a good few laughs out of it. What's it called again? Uh, only only murders, murders in the Building. Right. Only Murders in the Building. And again, Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez are the three leads. Yeah, it's pretty good. Check it out. We'll be right back on the San Diego Screenwriter Studio on KNSJ, San Diego's only social justice network. Gail Stewart here with Raul Sandalin and Dr. Stacey Hankinson. You're listening to the San Diego Screenwriter Studio. We're talking about what you're watching. I'm watching a Korean smash hit, English subtitles on Netflix. It's called The Extraordinary Attorney Woo. Now, this is a Korean drama, and its biggest strength so far is how it has effectively balanced nuanced writing with heartfelt and likable characters, especially the protagonist, okay? Okay. The deal is, is she's on the spectrum, okay? She is a brilliant attorney, IQ of like over 164. She's autistic, right? And they hire her at this top law firm. Is is this running number one in Korea? Yes, that, yes. It's so. not only in Korea. It's blown up around the world. Oh. I mean, Vietnam, Thailand. I mean, uh, you know, East Asia. They, this, it's in what, you know, you talk about charming television. This is charming, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, she's just, and it's a procedural, which is each week they solve a new case, mm-hmm. right? The thing of it is, is what's interesting about this is she's got a photographic memory. If you haven't heard of uh, the Save the Cat, Save the Cat is a great uh, place for resources for film writing, uh, script writing, and it, they take this apart perfectly because they say it is uh, it is basically the perfect pilot program. If you were to deconstruct the extraordinary attorney Wu, you would see a perfect pilot. And the way it is is because the opening image is amid a sea of yellow rubber ducks sits a single blue duck. Um, they're all the same, but it's different, right? And then the theme stated is that as a child, young Wu stares up at a glass mobile of whales swaying from side to side. Her voiceover says, there comes a day when every parent will ask themselves if their kids could be special. For my father, that day was November 17th, 2000. The idea of being special, unique, and different will be what others learn from young Wu. So that is the theme that is stated with a voiceover right off the top in the pilot, right? So they've set it up. She's different. She's the blue duck. So then they do the setup. 
And this is where I saw this and I was just like, oh my God, it does set it up perfectly. In the year 2000, Young Wu is five and still has never spoken a word, causing the pediatrician to suggest to her single father that she is autistic. On the way home from the doctor's appointment, her father is accosted by the landlord, Mr. Parks, who accuses him of having an affair with his wife, Miss Choi. In actuality, Miss Choi cares for Young Wu while her father works full-time at a restaurant to support her. But Mr. Parks refuses to listen, physically fighting as Young Wu watches. Her senses overloaded, Young Wu speaks, reciting verbatim a textbook punishment for inflicting bodily injury. This It was a great scene because all of a sudden she starts spouting, you know, assault and what the consequences are of it. Stunned by the sudden outburst, her father is overjoyed and at home he learns that she had read and memorized his criminal law book. So, I mean, it's just, it's, it sets it up so perfectly that I just can't get over it. Another critique of it, it says, you know, if you're groaning about the fact that this is yet another person on the spectrum depicted as a savant on screen, it says that this, this series effectively addresses this and so much more about being on the spectrum through Young Woo as she takes on workplace challenges, tackles prejudice, and forms of solid, and forms solid friendships. And then they also take on ableism where someone's trying to say, no, 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 she shouldn't be in the courtroom alone, you know. She should be maybe second chair. And for, I think for most of the first season, she is second chair in the courtroom, you know. But this is, it's wonderful that they've taken this on and they've really done a great job with it. And it's very interesting. The cases, each each week there's new cases. And it's a treat to watch because when she starts arguing in court, you know that she is just so brilliant and knows her facts. She's just, you you can't challenge her. She knows it. Even the judges are just like, okay. So uh, the only thing that people do criticize here, and that is, and they say it's a valid criticism, is that Young Woo not having been played by an actor with autism. So I want to bring that out there because that's always something to think about, you know, when we appropriate things and we're not reflecting true characters. And I think that that has been with Down syndrome, you know, where you'd have people playing a Down syndrome person. But in Breaking Bad, the, the one actor that had cerebral palsy actually had cerebral palsy, as I recall, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is, it's so interesting, though, because autism, it also teaches a lot about autism Mm -hmm. that, you know, they don't want to be hugged. They don't want to, not necessarily every single one who has autism, who suffers from autism is the same. But in this, how they're depicting it, she doesn't want to be touched. You know, she kind of cringes. She has trouble going through the revolving door at the law office, right? She has to be taught how to actually, you know, get through it right she kind of has episodes yeah and, yeah yeah and uh and, and and when people say certain things to her she doesn't know quite how to react but she does form these relationships and one of the best characters in this uh in extraordinary attorney Wu is her one of her best friends who's who's straight you know normal person and she's just such an extrovert and she's like in her corner and you know helping her with all you know how to get into a relationship and what what it should be like 
like, and it's really interesting. It's kind, a, kind of like the wingman. Or, oh, or wing she woman. is. She, yeah. but she's a she's one like a wing woman on steroids. This one, she's funny too. It's funny. Well, it is interesting because uh, one question I was going to ask is Attorney Wu is she uh, emotional anyway? I mean, because one 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 of and of course this is a stereotype, but a lot of people with autism, you know, can have relationships because they don't real really feel emotions well this she does she does feel emotions she hasn't had any really kind of outbursts it's more kind of withdrawn as she mm-hmm. she becomes very withdrawn okay when things kind of get too too hectic for her mm-hmm. when she's in a in a crisis situation or there's pressure right tension but she does have a, 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 a beau at work who really likes her. He sees her for who she is. Mm-hmm. Now, it's kind of strange because she just, in the last episode we watched, the defendant has been accused of sexually assaulting a woman with disabilities, right? Suffering from mental disabilities. But the woman loves this defendant, you know, and when the guy gets sentenced to go to prison, the judge doesn't, he takes Wu's case and he listens to it and she defends him you know, brilliantly, but the judge says no. So she loses. The she case. she loses yeah. the case because the judge says no. But it makes her think, oh my God, you know, is that so? I have a disability. Would somebody judge? You know, my friend who I really like, I'm beginning to love. Which would they go to prison because they love me? You know, and so you're wrestling with this. And I and I got to tell you, it was a. It was a really kind of a, a very thought-provoking a question. Uh, interesting show. I love it. Uh, it's going to get another season. They just got re-upped. So uh, it's a wonderful show. I re- highly recommend it for anybody out there in uh, San Diego screenwriter studio land. So we will be right back with final thoughts coming up. That was Chihuahua. That was a chihuahua hack in the background. <laughs> Anyhow, I think he wants out. He does want out. Okay, he's had enough. Stand by. We'll be right back. Okay, Screenwriter Studio here. Final thoughts on what you're watching today. We've talked about Good Girls, only murders in the building and extraordinary attorney woo so roll any final thoughts for you yeah i've been looking at all three of these and kind of thinking as we've you know talked about them and then i'm realizing well i realized a long time ago <laughs> so a good good show is going to pull your heart strings pull all your strings in a number of different directions and that's causes that sensation when we see a good show and we say, wow, I really love that, that's what's happening. We're being pulled in you know, different directions that we don't immediately understand. For me, The Extraordinary Attorney Wu, one, I know why I watch it. I like procedurals, actually. Uh, this is an attorney in court. You know, I used to work for the district attorney's your, office. Your world. It's, yeah. So I know the world quite well. But what really, I think, has kind of captured my heart is that I have a soft spot for people with disabilities and... I believe that 
this portrays that in a way that's very educational. It's enlightening to me, right? Because, and then they use the whales, that tricky thing with the whales, because who doesn't love whales, right? I mean, we all love whales. <laughs> that's why Free Willy was so popular, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there, you know, I think I said this earlier, it's kind of a metaphor for her, it sounds like, this very brilliant being who is also sort of isolated and misunderstood. You know, mm-hmm. whales were hunted for centuries. They still are. And still are, yeah, right. of course. So, you know, I guess that there's a very appropriate metaphor there. Right. And then on the good girls, I think we like that one. As Stacey said, you know, we're talking about... Uh, the the women and their worlds and they get mixed up in the underworld and they can't stop and 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 there's this genre i don't know what it's called but where normal good people suddenly end up doing something to support their family or breaking bad yeah yeah, breaking bad (laughs) weeds you know ever you know all these shows and i guess it reminds us of ourselves because we could you know you know one little change of fate and we could all find ourselves out there and i think that you know a lot of us you know whether we want to admit it or not we've thought you know if i just did this just for a little while and make a little extra money you know or whatever right we i mean who doesn't think that right you know know, your neighbor's doing it or your best friend's doing it or your brother's doing it and it's very tempting very tempting but anyhow those are something that would these are the shows we're watching good girls only murders in the building and extraordinary attorney woo you gotta watch them. They're very good. All of them are yeah, very good. Yeah, I love it. I love what's going on on TV right now. We're in this huge renaissance. I know people said we were in a TV renaissance 10 years ago. Well, we're in another one. And not only this, I think there's new voices coming out every single day with new points of view that really need to be heard. And uh, so that's a good thing. Yeah, lots of good shows out there to watch and get inspiration from. Right. You've been listening to the San Diego Screenwriters Studio on KNSJ 89.1 FM. Thank you so much for listening to us. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.